Hey, everybody, this is Carrie Kelly from Slash's Snake Pit, Night Ranger, A New Revenge, Alice Cooper, and many, many more. And you are listening to Appetite for Distortion on iHeartRadio. Do you know where you are? Do you know where you are? is Appetite for Distortion. And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 127. My name is Brando. Coming up in just a few minutes, Carrie Kelly formerly of Slash's Snake Pit, Alice Cooper, Adler's Appetite. We'd be here for another full podcast to announce all the bands that he's been in. Uh, but he's currently in a band called A New Revenge with uh, Ed Ripper Owens, from uh, formerly of Judas Priest. And uh, he also has Aces and Ales, uh, a cool craft beer restaurant out in, in Vegas, uh, which I mean, it's in, in Queens. It's all my girlfriend wants to take me to our, our craft beer places. And and I don't drink, but whatever. As long as there are pretzels and popcorns and I can get myself some, some wings, I really don't give a shit. Uh, but joining us uh, today, uh, in addition to Carrie, in just a couple minutes, our what was the made-up title I gave you? Our senior European, uh, European uh, AFD correspondent, uh, Remco, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So uh, Remco from Amsterdam, welcome back to Appetite for Distortion. What's going on, buddy? Hi. Yeah, doing well. Thank you. Thank you very much, Brendo. I appreciate you coming on. I, this was another episode that I put out there to the listener uh, to to co-host. And uh, you know, it's not my fault Remco has been on before. But as soon as you showed me a picture of you and Carrie Kelly uh, back in 2000 at a Slash's Snake Pit show, I'm like, this guy's got to be my co-host. I mean, they got he has a picture with Carrie, so he's he's got to be the guy. So uh, thanks for taking the time. And, you know, as most of my listeners do... You know more, a, a lot more than I do. So uh, you're only going to enhance the show and, and make it better. Uh, but before we get into uh, Kelly, I want to uh, give a thanks uh, first to uh, Ultimate Classic Rock. They did a great article about my last episode with Kevin Janis, uh, excuse me, with Rob Janis and Kevin Fleming, the, uh, the former Looney Tunes writers, about the Axl Rose episode. So if, I mean, you should listen. I got some great comments. Uh, saying how I felt, which those guys put you in the room with Axel. Like, you felt like you were in the room watching him record. I mean, they literally got to do it. They they experienced something super special. But yeah. the way they described it was great. But if you are lazy or, or, or whatever, uh, Ultimate Classic Rock breaks it down great uh, as far as, you know, all the, the specifics uh, that Axel's team gave to, uh, to the animation, which was cool. Uh, they wanted the bandana a certain way. They wanted yeah. the, the dog collars, uh, which represented uh, Axel's uh, deceased uh, pets. Uh, yeah. Which I think is, uh, I think it's a special thing to know about Axel. I mean, how many, everyone, even me who's allergic to dogs, I love dogs. Yeah. You know, I love dogs. So the, how, everybody can identify with, with Axel. I mean, losing a pet is losing a family member. So uh, I think that's, that's very sweet. That Axel Rose does that. So if you haven't listened to that episode, uh, please do, or just check out uh, the Ultimate Classic Rock article. That the fact that when they weren't sure, I mean, they weren't sure that Axel was going to do it until his uh, his team showed up at the studio. But when they were starting to have some real doubts, they almost got Steven Tyler. But thankfully, they stuck to their guns, pun intended, pun intended, and they got uh, Axel to do Looney Tunes, which was just too funny. Did you go, have you watched that with your kids? Did you show that? Oh yeah, 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 I did. And um, actually, the 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 the, um, the video that was made by a fan, uh, he took it with his phone of the the his television set. So um, the, the moment I heard it and saw it, I was like, huh, "What's this?" And uh, we don't have uh, Looney Tunes this edition, this this new uh, edition here in uh, in Holland, I think. Okay. But we uh, we do, uh, of course, know. Yeah, everyone, everybody knows uh, Bugs Bunny and all. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. Everyone, everyone yeah. knows, but otherwise, otherwise, I would have had to call social services and their children if they don't know about <laughs> Bugs Bunny. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> but that's gonna be that's that's last episode. That was a cool experience, and I'm looking forward to the one we're gonna have right now because I believe Carrie Kelly is on the line. Hey, hey Carrie. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, sir? I'm trying to make it happen, man. All good. No, I, I appreciate you uh, you calling in a couple minutes early. That's I like that yeah. punctuality. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm in the studio here today, so I just wanted to uh, you know try to get with you here while uh, some guys are doing some other stuff. But uh, all good. No, thank you. Uh, where exactly are you? Because uh, I know you're you're traveling all over. Are you out in L.A.? Yeah, I'm in. Uh, yeah, Orange County. I live uh, down. Uh, you know, like an hour south, an hour and a half south of. Uh, of good old Los Angeles, my man. Oh, right on. So, so you're in L.A. I'm in uh, Tribeca, New York, right now, just a few miles away from the uh, the Freedom Tower. And there, yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm not sure. Maybe you remember because I, I, a lot of times I put out there uh, to my listeners, "Would you like to co-host an episode?" I try to get really creative on this podcast, and maybe you can tell by the name. You know, I I have like a GNR theme, but that's just to talk about anything. That's just the hook. I like to just yeah. have a good broadcast. So on the line with us, all the way from Amsterdam, his name is Remco. And he just showed me a picture of you guys back in 2000 in Amsterdam at a, at a snake pit show. Isn't that right, Remco? Oh, definitely, yeah. Hi, uh, Kerry. Yeah. Hey, man. How are you? How, yeah, That's I'm doing old, fine. And uh, it's been 20 years, so uh, <laughs> I, know, uh, sure. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I won't uh, be mad. If you don't remember me, no. Uh, um, actually, uh, we uh, we were in contact a bit and uh, sh- uh, yeah, changed some emails uh, back then. Yeah, cool, man. I could dig it. Was that the show with the uh, Paradiso? Oh yeah, yeah, it was. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You remember well, That's and awesome, uh, actually, uh, uh, Shine uh, was filmed there as well. Pieces of the, oh. the video clip. Oh, it's, oh, you mean at the. Uh, Right. Oh, did we film some of it there? Or yeah, that's what I mean, Carrie. It's like that's what I try to do through this GNR kind of lens. Everything is just connected. I'm trying to basically create world peace on this podcast that we all have <laughs> have some sort of, you know, we all they say that we all have um, matter from the initial Bing Bang. I, I, we're all connected, so I'm just trying to bring it here on this on this podcast. So, uh, all right. Well, well, you're well, you're trying to bring back my memory right now. So <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying my best, man. Well, maybe that's where we could start because uh, my memory is terrible. But I haven't done half the things that you've done. I've worked on a, a few radio stations, a few radio countries, and uh, a few radio countries, a few radio companies uh, throughout my 15 year plus career. But you have just such a back of your baseball card, so to speak, and working for all these great. No teams for lack. I, I always I, uh, use sports analogies, even though it's a, it's mainly a music show. But you've worked with so many different bands and, and amazing people. How do you keep track of it all? Where you are today? Do you remember it all? Do you ever sit back and think, "Wow, I worked with that. I I, I did this record. I was on tour with that person." Yeah, man. I mean, I remember. Uh, you know, most of it. You know, uh, you know. We just now talked about these these uh, European shows with the snake pit back in the day you know and uh i think it's awesome man i think i've been very uh you know fortunate to be able to 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 jam and and you know share the stage with some legendary dudes and create some cool music and uh and i'm still trucking along like you know over 20 something odd years later that i guess they call you a professional musician i guess but uh you know hey man i i just try to have fun and 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 play rock and roll and that's really what it's all about and uh and w- with guys that i like or and um and hope obviously they they would like me i guess if i was in the band and uh and just get up there and do it man and entertain the people you have been doing it and we're going to certainly talk about uh aces and ales and a new revenge and everything that you're doing now but i'm just yeah. curious what we what we break down is because I know you're you're from Huntington Beach, but where did this drive come from? Like, what did you want to be? Did you ever think? Obviously, nobody could predict their life, but did you ever think that you would have this kind of career, or and, and again have the, the kind of resume that you have? You know, Vince Neil, Skid Row, L.A. Guns, Pretty Boy yeah. Floyd. You know, so much. Yeah. No. You know, I mean, it was just uh, 
something that just it all happened, man. Um, you know, I, <clears throat> I was a kid growing up. My parents were into music, um, you know, a lot, playing music at the house. And then, uh, you know, my mom took me to some concerts when I was a little kid. Um, and I was like, wow, this is wild. You know, I was like seven years old. I, I, I witnessed Queen play at the, uh, at the forum. Oh, wow. And then like the next year we, we saw Kiss and it was a, it was the dynasty tour, you know? And like I said, I was just a little kid, like seven, eight years old. And, uh, even though you, you know, you knew what music was cause they're playing it in the house or you, you know, put the records on and stuff. You're a little kid. You don't really know exactly what the deal is. You go to this concert, 20,000 people and all this, you know, shit's going on. And I was like, wow, this is pretty rad. <laughs> you know, and so, so I, I kind of thought I wanted to do it. I didn't know how to do it because I was just a little kid, but uh, my grandma got me a guitar, and then I, you know, started playing a little bit here and there, and then, you know, as you kind of get a grip on reality when you start getting older, like, you know, 13, 14 years old, you know, that's when things really kind of took off, and then I started, you know, getting in little local bands and backyard parties and all the regular crap that you've probably heard millions of people say, and... uh you know, it just progressed from there into this gig to that gig to to where we are today. I know it sounds I've, I've made it sound really simple and easy, which it was not. I mean, I put in a lot of time and effort and connections and hanging around and back, like I said, backyard parties and clubs and this and that. But, uh, you know, that's all I've really ever you know done, which I think I'm very, very fortunate that I've never really had a job my whole life I was, <laughs> I was very lucky man it you could argue that you were born a rock star see i had to change my name just from brandon to brando for radio because it sounds cooler i guess cooler. i didn't want to be yeah. you know brandon weisler from long island jewish kid yeah but you were born for real kenneth fear jr <laughs> uh it's close yeah <laughs> That's actually my dad's name, but uh, yeah, you know, it was funny because uh, I don't know why. When I was a kid, I, I I didn't think my name was was that great. I don't know why. Your you last know? name so was I, 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 I changed it, which a lot of people do. And it was funny one time when uh, so this was maybe ten years ago. I don't know exactly when, but uh, when I was playing with Alice, Alice Cooper, obviously he had I don't know how something happened with my passport or something like that, but he he had found out my real name and he, he's called me to the back of the bus. We are up in the front. He's all get back here. And he's like, your name is fear. And I go, yeah, he goes, what is wrong with you? That's the best name ever in history. Right? And he was like mad at me, <laughs> which was very funny. I'm kind of mad. <laughs> Cause you were, yeah. gift- so, I mean, when did you, you change it? Um, and wh- I guess, where did Kerry Kelly come from? Oh, I, I, I it, it was, I don't even know exactly when, I mean, sometime in the eighties or late eighties or whatever, I think, uh, you know, it's when everybody had to have some kind of a cool name and I don't know, I, I didn't think my name was that cool or wow. something. And, uh, but you know, once it, 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 the, the thing was, is, you know, you do something like that and, uh, you know, after five, six, seven, eight years and you're in this band, that band, you know, all these people, you, you it, it just, it, it is what it is. You know what I mean? All right. Fair enough. But I will say this just came to me. Because I know you're an entrepreneur with uh, Aces and Nails, uh, the craft beer bar. But what yep. if you did kind of like a a little kid clothesline called Fear Junior? Kind of like, you know, Kids yeah. Are Us? No? It, it could be. I'll, I'll add that to my list. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was fun. It sounded funnier in my head, apparently. But I, I don't know. Well, good, good, good idea. I'm giving you credit on it. <laughs> I'm taking the money, though. Okay. I'm going to take the money on it, but I'll give you the credit. All right. I, fair enough. I guess I could take that. Your name. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's brilliant. So when did you decide, because um, you can look at Kiss and you can fall in love with any of those characters. What made you want to yeah. pick up you know, your specific instrument or... Did, was it something first, and then you changed? Um, you know, I, I actually did as well. Like I said, my, my grandmother got me a guitar, but most people haven't really asked me that question. But uh, So I got, you know, it's like a cheap little guitar from wherever, Sears or something back then. But she also got me a little drum set. So I had a drum set and the guitar. <laughs> but the funny thing was the drum set was just, you know, the same thing, probably some cheap little thing for $50 or something back then. And it had like paper heads and stuff like that. And of course I beat the thing like so much, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, you're a kid that I, the heads all got broke. Huh. And so that, I don't think that there was like replacement heads, quote unquote. Cause I don't think they thought kids were going to be banging on it like that. I think, you know, I'm supposed to really be playing it, but that, 
Anyway, so that was broke. So I think all I had left was the guitar. So I just like <laughs> just continued. That, it was what it was. Yeah, that's funny. You know, right on. It's no. kind of like an Eddie Van. It's kind of like Eddie Van Halen thing, you know, because Eddie originally was playing drums, and then Alex was playing guitar. But uh, and then they switched. He just started playing the. You know, it, they just changed somehow. I don't know if you know that story, but I did not. I did not. Yeah, so that is the truth. Oh, that's that's so cool. So when did you, you know, you fell in love with, uh, you know, the music and that's what you wanted to do. You know, I, I think I said it to, I guess I interviewed in the last episode, the, the writers of Looney Tunes who did the Axl Rose episode. And we were talking, right. wow. we were talking about, you know, what you wanted to be when you grew up and like, did you ever foresee writing for not only Looney Tunes, but the Axl episode, yada, yada. And I said, I, for me, I always have to try to, that's how I digest it. I never thought I would be in radio. I wanted to be a sports journalist, and right, that's a right. hard, that's a hard job. You, you never know if that's going to be real. I even gave myself until twenty eight years old to get full time in yeah. radio, and uh, and then I would have to reevaluate my life. And I was twenty eight. Yeah. I was twenty eight and a half when I got full time in radio. So when did right. you say to yourself, "Yeah, I can do this. This is this is what I'm going to do. I'm good." Well, I mean, like I said, I mean, it was kind of. You know, I was just it, 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 like all, you know, most other kids, you know, when you're whatever, 16, 17, 18 years old, you know, playing in backyard parties and you're with your buddies. And, you know, then we had a, another band that uh, we were playing, started playing up in L.A., you know, at the Roxy and the Whiskey, all the regular kind of places. And uh, I had a couple of different bands doing that. And this was like the late 80s and early 90s. <clears throat> um, it, like I said, it was really the only thing that I had ever done you know back then it was the, the crazy times like the sunset strip stuff that you, you've probably heard stories about you know with all the you know people on the streets and sure you know everybody living with strippers on the floor and this and that you know so it's a i was just rolling with it man i was just doing it and, and and trying to to get my little bands you know as big as possible um and it, it didn't really happen um for us but you know i had a couple of different bands and we gave it a couple of years each or something like that and then uh actually three different bands. And then <clears throat> one of my buddies all of a sudden uh, asked and said, Hey, um, Gene Love Jezebel needs a guitar player. Do you, you want to play with them? And I said, uh, yeah, I guess. And he goes, and they're paying. And I go, they're, they're, they're going to pay. They go, yeah. And it was like, I think it was like 75 bucks. I believe they would pay for a rehearsal. And I think it was like 25 or 30 bucks back then. Um, and this maybe it was about 90, five maybe or something i can't remember exactly but uh anyway so gene loves Jezebel. so then i go okay great yeah fuck i'll play with these guys for sure so i started playing with them and like i said it was like 30 bucks a rehearsal and like 75 bucks a gig and i did that i started meeting some more other people that were in these like weirdo little paid bands and i couldn't believe it because i was making money so it just kind of went from that to like another kind of paid gig and then meeting more people and then into you know this or that and then i got the the gig with obviously rat and then obviously slash and it just kept going so <laughs> it was a i mean dude it, it, it's a it's a rough business like i said i'm probably making it sound much simpler <laughs> than it is but uh i just it's really all that i did and i just tried my best and i tried to do my best for whatever the gig may be and um i've been lucky sometimes it's the right people that you know or right time right place right. you know all those things but uh it kind of just went from one thing to the next to the next to the next. Before we get carried away with all the, the in-betweens and maybe some of those difficult times, I certainly don't want it to be lost. Uh, just tell us what you have going on now exactly with uh, A New Revenge and uh, Aces and Ales. And that's what reminded me to ask you again yeah. to be on the podcast because I got the email blast for uh, so, oh yeah, so you're uh, you're an entrepreneur and uh, a rock star. So uh, <laughs> where where would you, where's your I don't know? Can you split your heart in two? Because you obviously have the, have to have a a passion for the restaurant business. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, it's something that that uh, that I'm into. You know, um, how the whole thing started is uh, some of my buddies here in in like San Diego and stuff like that have been in the craft beer movement since like the late eighties, one of the, the guys, uh, my buddy who owns this company called stone brewing, um, Greg, I've known him since the nineties. The he actually owned the rehearsal studio 
that that one of my bands used to rehearse in, and this is obviously before he started Stone as well. Um, but yeah, so I've kind of was involved in all this craft beer stuff in the late nineties and into the two thousands. I liked it, you know, then my buddies had these companies that they were starting and growing and, and everything. And uh, in Vegas, I knew a lot of people in Vegas at the time that we started, which was a, about 11 ish years ago, there was literally no craft beer out there. So there was like a void in the market. It was, it was hmm. it, literally, it was a, the weirdest thing because everybody thinks in Vegas, you think, Oh man, Vegas, they have, you know, tuna flown in every day from Japan and, you know, <laughs> strippers and blow. And this and that. You know, you got everything in Vegas, but they had no fucking beer. <laughs> so it was literally just something where there was a void in the market. And I said, dude, I'm going to open a craft beer bar that's going to be awesome in Vegas. We're going to bring all the greatest beers, going to get all my buddies together, come out, hang out, and do this and that, make guest appearances. Because some of these guys in craft brewing, the, the, the brewers and the owners are kind of like rock stars. It's kind of a weird thing. Mm. So that's what we did. That was about 11 years ago. Opened the first location, um, six or so years ago, second location. And right now we're building a third location as well. And that is going to be a brewery on top of just obviously serving scratch food and, uh, and having multiple taps. Like one location we have has 22 and the other one has 50. I think we're going to have 26 at this new location. So, yeah, I'm into it. That's awesome. You're into it. You're into the craft beer before all the hipsters. So good for you. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. Twenty something year to whatever late late nineties kind of. That's what I say when when I because I have a beer. They're like, oh, you're a hipster. No, I was hip before the stir. So you're you're the same <laughs> yeah. thing. <laughs> you need to open yeah, up. Yeah. You need to, uh, Remco. I'll, I'll let you chime in, but you need to um, open up in something in Queens or Long Island or NYC. It's Hipster Central craft beer. That's all my girlfriend drinks is craft beer. So, oh yeah, well, dude, you know, I, I, I've been over there. I was just in New York a couple of months ago, and uh, there's so many great places you guys have over there. I mean, I, I haven't been up in in Queens, but I know Brooklyn's a big hotbed. Obviously, you have the other half yeah. over there, and you know, there's a lot of great bars. You know, old school bars over there, Blind Tiger and stuff on, on the island there. You know, Manhattan, and uh, no, it's it's happening, man. I mean, people have really, especially the last. I don't know, I guess they say 10 years or so or five years, um, you know, it's been a huge explosion. But, yeah, it was just a, and again, it was just something that I, uh, my buddies were into it and we were kind of home brewing and doing things like that. And then they started a couple of really big companies. Um, Stone is still going and my, my buddy still owns it, Greg. My, my other friends just sold their company about a year and a half, well, I guess about two years ago now. But they started a company called Ballast Point. And uh, some people give them shit, but it was three dudes. They they got bought out by Constellation Brands for one billion dollars. Um, and and so the, so and and they started out as just a home brew shop. They were a home brew shop. Wow. They started built more, built more, built more. The next thing you know, twenty years later, Constellation comes to them with a billion dollars. That's the American said, dream. Okay, well, yeah, we'll <laughs> take that check. Well, <laughs> it's the American dream. No offense, Remco. I'm sorry that I cut you off before. What, what did you uh, want to want to say? Are you a craft beer drinker too? Um, not a craft beer. No, I I mean oh. in the, in our water tap uh, there's a uh, uh, Heineken all the way, and there's more Heineken in the <laughs> in oh, okay. the sewer in Holland than anything else. But um, is it all IPA uh, uh, you're selling in the in Las Vegas now, right now? Then. I, I, IPAs are, are the king, man. I got to tell you, um, yeah. they have been, but no, I mean, we, we have all styles. I mean, we obviously Saisons and stouts and Imperial stouts and, uh, obviously Belgian styles. You, know, you got double, triple and barley mm. wines and, and everything. But, but honest to God's truth is that, uh, people here in America are like IPA crazy. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, IPAs probably sell, you know, seven out of 10. So, you know, oh, out wow. of 10 beers that, that, are, that are sold, seven of them are some form of IPA, you know? Yeah, it's popular here as well. And But um, I live, I do live, of course, uh, very close to uh, Belgium. And there are so many breweries here. Uh, it's so fun, so much fun to uh, to visit them and, uh, yeah, drink everything yeah, from it, everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, Belgium is like, uh, they're, they're the old school uh, legends over there, man. Yeah, a lot of great... Yeah. You know, even the Trappist places or places that aren't even Trappist. But, I mean, yeah, they're lords in Belgium, man. Do you give away uh, free samples at a newer event show? Is that something that fans can look forward to? 
that 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 would be nice. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we will be able to be, to do some shows. You know, on that note, um, right? Like you said, I mean, we have this this new project or new band called A New Revenge. The record came out a couple of months ago, and uh, we're all proud of that. It has obviously myself on guitar. Uh, we have James Kotak from the Scorpions uh, on drums, uh, and then uh, Rudy Sarzo uh, plays bass on the record from you know Ozzy and all the other projects he's done, and then. Uh, uh, Tim Owens, Tim Ripper Owens, who who's in Priest for a while on yeah. vocals, and uh, we yeah. we think the record is is very cool, and uh, and it was a labor of love of what what we did. You know, we started recording songs for the record or writing them and things like that, and it was done mainly just at my home studio and and at Tim's studio and stuff mainly. Um, we were just kind of right. We didn't have a record deal. We didn't have this or that or whatever. We were just writing just to write which was the coolest thing. And then after, you know, it took a couple of years. After a few years, we finally had enough tunes we thought, you know, were, were cool enough to put the full-length record out. And then uh, here we are. Um, did you say you hope to on, on tour, like on, on shows? Like, or is that something that you're, you're planning? Because the record isn't out now, but what is, what is the uh, long-term future or touring future for a new yeah, we're 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 hoping to get some shows towards the end of the year, like the fourth quarter. And the reason being is, of course, you know, I play, you know, I've been playing with Night Razor for the last five or six years, actually. And um, man, they tour like crazy. I got to tell you, they do not stop. We actually hmm. do have a break right now for like two weeks, but uh, we just got got done with the Sammy Hagar tour. Wow! Um, this weekend, I just got home on Sunday. Um, and we, we did like almost three weeks with him, which was awesome. But, uh, yeah, they tour like, like there's no tomorrow, man. Um, and so we have dates that are all the way through like the middle of October right now, actually. And those dates in October are Japan, but, uh, so it's through the States in the summer and then Japan there at the first couple of weeks of October. And then, uh, hopefully we can get some, uh, a new revenge shows there in, in October, November, when it kind of lightens up a little bit. All right, very cool. Like, no Europe? Anywhere anywhere they'll have us, we'll, we'll do it. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's the plan, of course. See, yeah. I, I like that you're able to, and you're seeing it now more and more, thankfully, in rock, maybe other genres of, of uh, influenced it, where you can have, like, your main band and then do your own side pra- project, and that'd be cool with everybody as long as, you know, the appropriate time is given. And yeah. that can I've had many a conversation with Remco, because that's how kind of Slash's Snake Pit kind of got started, or it was the demise yeah. of GNR, and that's that's just a whole podcast for another time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. To, to kind of naturally snake our way through this conversation, see what I did. Uh, how did you? Because we can say, how did you first meet Alice? How did you first meet Vince Neil? I mean, we could be here forever. I don't want. I know you're. You've just expressed how limited your time is. Uh, how did you get the touring gig uh, with Slash? Did you know him before? How did that happen? Yeah, um, I had met him uh, maybe a couple of years before, and it was when the guys were um, kind of working on the record. To be honest, you know, they were you know doing demos and jamming and hanging around over at Slash's house, and so I would go over there sometimes and just hang around that's what you would do you know i mean everybody would be drinking and having a good time and playing pool or watching tv or jamming you know things like that so i i knew obviously him and and the the guys in the band um and really how the whole thing came up was uh um, ryan was in the band and and he was still kind of working on that and then obviously still working on alice which alice kind of has a set touring schedule where it's typically in the summer um so like may through whatever october or something like that and uh, there came a time where the tour came up, but then they were getting ready to put the record out, and, and they wanted to obviously play themselves and things like that. So he was not going to be able to do it or had to make a decision on what he was going to do. And uh, I was actually out playing. I was in, uh, where the fuck was I? I think I was in, like, Alabama or something like that. And uh, the guys had called and said, hey, what, what are you doing? I said, I'm in Alabama, blah, blah, blah. When are you coming home? I said, I'll be home like next week or, or whatever it was, um, or in two weeks or whatever. They go, okay, hey, we'll call when you get home or whatever. Called them up. Yeah, hey, come over to the house. I said, okay, cool. Rolled up there, and they said, hey, we need a guitar player. Mm-hmm. I, I said, okay, you want to jam? You know, And I said, of course, yeah, dude, cool. 
So they said, uh, all right, we'll come back next week. You know, here's like some of the songs, the demos or whatever. And we said, all right, fine. And I just came down to the house and, you know, they had the recording and rehearsal kind of studio there. And I brought, you know, my amp down there and the whole nine yards and uh, Adam Day slashes, you know, guy, you know, helped me get the amp downstairs, the whole nine yards. Then we, uh, you know, we jammed for, I don't know what it was, you know, two, three, four hours and hung out and drank some beers, you know, the regular crap, um, great time. And then I go, okay, well, hey, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go downstairs or whatever. They say, oh yeah, fine. Studio was downstairs, like a three level house slash had at that time. And I told Adam, I go, Adam Day, I go, all right, I'm going to load my amp up now, you know, all cool, whatever. And Adam just goes, I wouldn't load the amp up. Just leave it here. And I go, are you sure? He goes, yeah, dude, believe me, just, just leave the amp here. I go, okay, cool. So then I want to say, all right, guys, I'm going to go back home, you know, see you guys later, whatever. Cool. The next day, Flash is called. He goes, hey, do you want to be in the band? I said, yeah. <laughs> and it, that was it. That's a, again, like I said, I'm making it sound so simple, but literally that's exactly what happened. That's wonderful. And uh, past guests, I've had Ryan Roxy on the show, and I've also yeah. had uh, Rod Jackson, who couldn't have been. Oh, yeah. They were both super nice but rod just really sticks in my mind because he was over the top nice he was singing on the air and everything i'm, I'm oh yeah i'm wondering if you could speak to and if you're not comfortable i would understand what happened at at the end because i mean I'm, I'm sure remco you can add to it uh with slash's book he just seems not to have fond memories of that time and obviously i'm not in i'm not there people have their own relationships I don't know. I wish I wish Slash would embrace that period of his of his life and his career more. So I don't know if yeah. You, if you, well, you know, I mean, I, I we had a great time, uh, yeah, especially in the in the beginning. You know, and I'm not saying it wasn't good at the end either. But uh, you know, towards the end, you know, Slash got uh, you know a little bit sick and stuff like that as as well. So I, I think that was kind of probably weighing on him. But, uh, you know, there was a little bit of craziness going on towards the end, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not speaking for him or, or whatever, but uh, I, I didn't think it was really going to be the end of the whole thing either. Uh, we got done with this run, and I think it was like around, I don't know, towards the end of the year. I can't remember specifically right now. But And Flash had, had specifically said, like, oh, yeah, hey, you know, let's take a couple months off because usually he would want to play all the time, regardless if he had shows or whatever. He would still want to jam at the house or do whatever. He goes, let's take a couple months off. You know, it's around the end of the year anyway, Christmas and New Year's and blah, blah, blah. And uh, and we did. And then, I mean, nobody ever called me or the manager or Slash or anybody and said the band was over. But I know what progressed kind of was around that same time period was when, there was some kind of a jam or something that happened. I don't know if it was a charity jam or whatever, but it was around that time when I think it was Slash and Duh played with a couple of guys from the Buck Carry, and I think even Matt might have been on drums. And I think yeah. that, that jam, that jam thing, I think started the whole, you know, thought in their minds of doing something different together. And I think that obviously it took them a few years to get that Velvet Revolver thing going. Right. They worked on it. I think they called it the project or something like that. But I think that that's really kind of okay. what turned the light bulb on. And maybe Slash was like, fuck, I just got done with doing my thing. And it was, fuck, we're in a headache towards the end. And I just jammed with Duff and these guys. And it's pretty cool. Let's. I want to keep going in that direction. That's just what I'm assuming. I know that that actually is what happened, but I don't think that he had that pre- planned out like i said nobody ever called me manager or slash or anybody and said hey the band's over with like maybe the band's still alive that's what that's what i remember like i said i know i know that was almost 20 years ago but uh that is how i remember it uh, that's fair because i i've also had steve gorman on the show of course from uh, the black crows and when yeah. he said he moved out to L.A., it was a couple funny things that he almost bought Gilby Clark's house by accident. Yeah. And yeah. that the his real estate agent had just sold the house to Slash and Slash knew that she was going to see, see Steve later that day and gave like as, as soon as he like lands, he's given Slash his number to go jam. So it was initially yeah. it was initially Gorman Slash and he couldn't remember the basis name. But then Duff came in and. Then they, yeah, they had that jam uh, where they yeah. re- reconvened with Matt. So no, that that makes sense along with the timeline. And um, so, how did you you feel? Because I guess put up 
uh, on our social media a couple of days ago, what's your favorite track off uh, that album, Eight Life Grand? And I mean, it's no, I mean, I love the first record, but I got so many comments saying I, I love that second record. You know, I, I wish yeah. maybe, maybe that they would play some songs from that. So did you have any sort yeah. of feelings that, because since you had been around a bit, you're like, oh, okay, well, on to the next thing. Or were you bummed? Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, I mean, I, I didn't know. I think we all, from what I'm remembering, were sitting around for a while. Like I said, I know they, they did that jam, and then, I, I mean, it wasn't really my public knowledge that, that they were doing that, the, you know, the Velvet Revolver, the project, or whatever they were trying to put together. I didn't really know what was going on. Um, I think I was just doing whatever I was doing, and then uh, I started playing with Vince a little while after that. I think after a while I started looking for a, a gig, but like I said, nobody ever called me and said, hey, guys, do whatever you want the band's done or whatever but after a while i think everybody got the, the point after six months or whatever but uh you know but no, i do think that the the songs are 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 awesome man i mean both records i think are very good but uh, i think the second record i actually do kind of prefer it for whatever reason uh, maybe just because i played it so many times but uh it's rad and the ironic thing is is, is dover is obviously on the first record and and i'm actually playing tomorrow uh, dover and i in this little uh for one of our buddies, it's their their wedding anniversary, a thirty year wedding anniversary. So they wanted us to kind of come down and play some songs. So uh, that's cool. He and I are, are playing with a couple other dudes, and that's tomorrow. So that's uh, oh wow, that's a little that. yeah. It's like a, it's not. I don't know if you can call that a reunion, but that's some sort of wonderful Frankenstein of of Slash's Snake Pit right there. Yeah, yeah, we have a good time playing, you know, and that's really what it's all about. Like I said, rock and roll. You know, yes, of course, it's a business, you know, music business, entertainment business, this or that. But, I mean, the bottom line is playing rock and roll like we did when I was a kid, you know, and having fun, drinking some beers with, with some of your buddies, and, and that's it. And, uh, you oh, know, sure. so that's what he and I are going to be doing tomorrow. Oh, that's that's totally cool. cool. Uh, Remco, you, your thoughts on all this? Oh, the, um, first of all, the, the second uh, Snake Pit album is still very, very popular. Um uh, for the, the within the, the the group of fans slash at uh, during his solo projects as well, also with Miles Kennedy because he actually played a few uh, Snake Pit songs on his uh, uh, tours, Mean Bone. Um, but I was also um, wondering about not the slash part, but your time in uh, Atlas Appetite, oh, how yeah. uh, that came about and how it ended. Yeah, um, I kind of forgot about that. Uh, that was just, uh, I didn't. Yeah, it, that how that came about was was my buddy. You know, Stephen was living in Vegas, and uh, like I said, I have a lot of friends out in Vegas and stuff. It's close to obviously California, and uh, and he said, "Hey, I've, I've been you know hanging out with Stephen, and he's doing good, you know, and he wants to play." Maybe because he hadn't really been playing and, you know, everybody knows all the stories, especially back then. Um, mm -hmm. And I said, OK, well, yeah, let me I'll, let me talk. I'll call him or whatever. And I talked to him and, he, you know, and we had kind of known each other from here and there anyway. But he's like, yeah, Carrie, oh, man, I'd love to play. I want to play. I'm feeling you know good. I'm doing good and blah, blah, blah. I said, all right, cool. Well, maybe we could do something. And so I called up a couple of my other buddies and told them, hey, I've been talking to Steven and he apparently he's doing good and and you know he wants to jam maybe we can have some fun and do some shows or something like that and they, and so and that was with robbie on bass robbie yeah. crane and okay and yeah. Jizzy, uh singing and stuff like that so i just called them and they said okay well let's tr let's try it out let's have let's maybe let's have steven come out here to, to la and why don't we just jam on some songs at the studio and uh and we did. And Steven was doing very good. And he really wanted to play. I don't think he had really played for years. I mean, five, six, seven, eight years, mm -hmm. maybe at his house, mm -hmm. but I mean, not playing for real, you know, with the band. So he was really excited about it. And, uh, and it sounded great. I mean, it was awesome because I remember playing the songs like, you know, we had Matt Log, obviously on drums, who is a fucking lord, you know, on drums. And I played with, with Sorum before and stuff like that. And we played Guns N' Roses songs. Man, but I swear to God, and I know other people have said this, especially you know, Izzy and I think Slash has as well, that when Adler plays, he just has his own sound or feel. Yeah. And I swear to yeah. God, when we started playing these songs that I had just been playing, like with Matt Log or whoever, 
it literally sounded like Guns N' Roses, wow. you know, <laughs> um, which was rad. But, uh, yeah, so we did that for, um, for you know, a couple, I don't think it was a couple of years, but maybe about a year or so. And I remember that was around the time when I was playing with Vince also. And I know that there were some shows that I couldn't do with, with the band because I had shows with, with Vince. So uh, it was just something that we did. We did a few different tours, you know, in Europe and Spain. I knew some promoters over there, and I had pitched the idea. And they said, yeah, dude, we'd love to have you guys, you know, Stephen and the guys. And, uh, and we had a lot of fun, and, and Stephen was doing great, um, you know, sober and playing really good. And, and, mm-hmm. and we were trying to really help him, and he, he loved it that he was out playing again. And, uh, and that was really about it after – you know, like I said, I was playing with Vince and I missed a few little things that they were doing. And then I think it just kind of fell apart. You know what I mean? I think that after that, it was kind of hard. And then he started getting different guys. Then the different guitar player came in the band. And then there were some other weirdo yeah. shit that was going on. And then I was, like I said, I was already playing with Vince anyway. And I think I just said, wash my hands with the whole thing. You know what I mean? Cause we were just yeah. doing it for fun kind of, and, and it was fun. And then, uh, you know, I was moved on to, to Vince and, and I, whatever happened, I think Robbie, you know, moved on and it was what it was. Right on, right on. Yeah. There were a few other, um, this is why, another reason why I invited Remco on, he, he's just a wealth of information. The other GNR connections that, uh, that he has uh, with, with your work with Gilby Clark, right? Yeah, you, you um, uh, I think he produced a couple of albums uh, you played on with Shameless and that's porno mac maybe he did yeah. some uh some stuff yeah yeah no uh, obviously gilby's a friend and uh, uh a good guy and yeah we've done some recordings together and i've obviously jammed with him here and there um you know there's always a, a lot of these kind of jam things like in la where you know you get this guy and that guy but it's like i said it's all just like we're doing with dover tomorrow it's just friends getting together and you play two or three or four songs or whatever it may be and uh but yeah, Gilby's great, man, and and he's still out there doing it. And good guy, great guy, and uh, has an awesome recording studio at his house. And uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to do more you, work with him. You, you did some produce uh, producing yourself as well, right? Yeah, yeah, you still I, do. I have a, I, I'm actually uh, I'm doing a session here today at my house. I I have a pretty good studio. It's not like Gilby's. <laughs> Gilby has an incredible <laughs> studio. But, uh, you know, I have a nice little studio here at my house, you know, the, the drum room all set up with the drums and then the control room and everything like that. So, uh, you know, it's fun. Once again, it's just music, man. It's like creating some cool art, you know, with, with guys and uh, and trying to have some fun. It's Like I said, it's all I really, besides the craft beer thing now with the restaurants, but, you know, yeah. the music's really just the only thing I've really done my whole life. So still doing it. I, okay, and now I, I actually did hear you, craft beers. I I really understood and heard crap beer. Oh, you thought I said so crap? I'm not drinking crap, crap beer, so fuck. No, okay. Now I get it. Oh, no. Um, and, That's funny. Oh, craft. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe my Long no, Island accent mumbled it. No, craft beer. Oh, and Kerry, um, since you've yeah. been doing uh, producing, um, there's also uh, periods after, I think, the... the Snake Pit and uh, Atlas Appetite. It's, I saw you on a lot of uh, tribute c- uh, albums and uh, doing uh, a Kiss song, yeah. uh, even a Guns N' Roses tune, Night Train with uh, yeah. Phil Le- yeah. Lewis, I think. Um, yeah. uh, w- w- what was that, that period? Yeah, it, well, I mean, it was just uh, around that, that time frame, like, say, I think it was like the middle 2000s, Mm-hmm. There were a lot of there were a lot of labels um, like Cleopatra and a few other ones that that were doing these tribute quote unquote albums or compilation tribute greatest hits kind of things. Um, they were yeah. doing a shitload of them, and so uh, you know I know the owner of Cleopatra, uh, Brian, good guy, and so he would hire me a lot to you know help him or do solos or or do you know cut the vocals like for uh, cut the vocals for Phil or whatever and. Uh, there, I don't think those are that popular anymore, but whatever it was, 10 or 15 years ago, people were doing them, cranking them out like crazy. So, you know, it's an easy yeah. thing for me to do, call up some friends, you know, Phil, or we even did some stuff with, with Vince, um, and have them record here at my house, and and that was it, dude. So it was just same shit, man. Right on. Yeah. I started this off by using sports analogies, and I use that a lot. So 
when you look look at the back of your your baseball card, all the 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 the, the, the teams and the, or the bands that you play with, you know, that we haven't even mentioned yet, you know, Bullet Boys or you know, really going into your LA Guns time. I, there are certain athletes that one might play for a lot of teams, but they accumulate the stats, right? So they still get in the Hall of Fame. So if you were to get into a Hall of Fame, you have to put, pick a uh, one team to be on your your bust. You know the, the statue they they put up there. Is there one artist maybe that you really or project that you really identify yourself with? That if you were to go in the Hall of Fame, that you would want to represent you, and it wouldn't be a slight to everything else. But is there one that's maybe just that much above everything else uh, when you th- when you look back on everything that you've done so far? Yeah, you know, um, and and it's it's weird. Some of the, those bands that you would like mention, like you know, and, and I know that they they put it on my uh, whatever the good old wiki and stuff like that. But right. you know, some of some of those things, I you know, I, I wasn't necessarily in the band um, as opposed to kind of helping them out or, or if they needed a guitar player for a tour or something like that, like just the LA guns thing, for instance, that, you know, just, and then we'll move on to your real question. But like that thing came about, they had had a European tour. I think it was like a, I don't know, five week tour or something like that booked. They had just had a new record that had just come out or it was coming out. I can't remember. And, um, something happened with, it was when Steve Riley was on drums, Phil was on vocals and, and, and Tracy was on guitar. Something happened. They got into a, you know, big fucking fight or something. You know what I mean? The regular Tracy and Phil or with Steve or something. And Tracy, you know, told them to beat it. You know, and so they needed a guitar player for this wow. European tour. So they just called me, and then so and I kind of did it. You know, but so I mean, some of the things I wasn't really in the band. The same thing, even like the Bullet Boys. Like I was, it's still helping L.A. Guns out and. uh and the Bullet Boys were on the tour, and something happened. Same thing with their guitar player. And then so I was playing both shows. I was doing you know, Bullet Boys and then the L.A. Guns, you know. Um, so, I, yeah, I didn't really play with Mark that – I mean, I only a handful of shows. I mean, maybe even six shows. I don't even know. But uh, back to your, your real question, which I, I think is awesome, and I think it's kind of easy answer for me. And, and it has – like you said, it's no slight to any other – uh, nobody else that I've, I've jammed with, but I think that, that the Alice Cooper thing, you know, playing with Alice for those seven years or whatever it was, seven or eight years, um, was really awesome. I mean, he's such a great guy, such a legendary, you know, character in music. I mean, obviously Slash is a legend as, as well, but I mean, Alice Cooper holds so much weight and such an icon, um, you know, 50 years in the business and the coolest guy of all time. Um, and, and, you know, utmost professional killer show year after year, 50 years later. Um, you know, I, I think that that would definitely be the, 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 the pinnacle. And, you know, and I was in the band for, you know, quite a chunk of time as well. Um, I think that would really be the, the one that, that I personally would like to, to hang on the wall, you know, in the rafters right on. And I will credit the LA guns uh, question to, cause I got, we got listeners uh, questions submitted for you. So that was from uh, Nat, in uh, Melbourne, Australia. And I'm going to credit yeah. uh, Anderson, who's from uh, San Antonio. He wanted to know about the uh, the end of, of Snake Pit. So and yeah. in, in addition yeah. to Remco being, you know, he's a friend also, but a, a listener to contribute, uh, people were excited to, to not just hear about the GNR-related stuff, but hear about the other portions of your of your well legendary career that's still going, and I'm hoping yeah, I'm hoping to get um I, I've spoken to uh, his manager hoping to get Alice on in the future, and uh, oh, I yeah. I've been back and forth uh, a little bit with Eric maybe you know tomorrow after the toast you guys make or something you can be like hey you know I was on this great podcast uh, you can let him know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I will. I, I will. I'll, I'll definitely send your information over to him. Eric's a great guy, obviously, a kind of a elusive character. You know what I mean? He's not that uh, hard to, to to track down or, or get a hold of. I think, um, but I'll definitely let him know. That would be rad. You know? Hey, I actually have a, a question, and I don't know if you guys can maybe get this in your rolodex or recall in your mind, but uh, you know, nobody's ever asked me about the you know like a snake pit thing towards the end, and I've never even to be honest with you, talk to the guys. I talked to Johnny here and there. I talked to Rod a couple of years ago, but not that often. I mean, God's honest truth. Um, and Matt as well, but we'd never like said, Hey, yeah, what happened there? Or whatever. I mean, I'm curious. Did you guys remember anything that the other guys had to say? Cause I told you 
how I remember it was, which was Slash saying, hey, let's take a couple of months off. It was the holidays and the whole nine. And then I think that that other project kind of started. Do you know what they had to say? Like I said, nobody ever called me, told me that anything about the band. I feel that Rod, I mean, this was, I mean, I should have listened to the interview beforehand, but I, it was like a year and a half ago. I, he, I believe he said something similar. And Ryan just, yeah. I mean, he had to, like, he had to leave. That's why you had to, to tour. So he just, he didn't know uh, why it happened. And, um, you know, with with Rod being so positive, I, I was doing my best not to go down the negative route, you know, I, I guess yeah. about the the drug use or uh, uh, that at that time. And he just kept saying, you know, I send my love to Slash. I miss him. I love him, you know, forever. He gave me a job of a lifetime. So it never, I never pushed uh, for a specific reason, but he kind of, you know, just said it kind of fizzled out and he would just love to, you know, work with him and again, had nothing but positive things to, to say about him. So that's why I appreciate you yeah. kind of, I know you don't know everything, but I appreciate you sharing what you do know. Cause I don't want to push people yeah. to, you know, it's, it's a negative time. You know, I, I don't, yeah, as fans, we're curious and we want to talk about it, but I, I don't, I never want to push it to make anyone, you know, uncomfortable or anyone mad or, Ruin, ruin relationships, especially since you've worked yeah. with so many different people. Yeah, and, and 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 I don't and I don't really think that 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 is the case either. Like I said, I mean, I just kind of took it and and went on to whatever I was doing after whatever X amount of months. I don't remember six months or nine months or I think they started on that other project, which is all good and dandy. Um, but you know, I mean, Slash and and I are are still friends all the time, and I see him here and there, and obviously even right after that point, I mean. I still jammed with him a lot. He played with us with Alice a handful of times. I did some other things with him, um, like American Idol and some other jams oh, right. that he was doing. It was a slash thing, and he needed a second guitar player. He would call me all the time, you know, um, which think, is awesome. You know, I mean, he's a lord, man. I, I love the guy. I think it's because, and especially after getting to know Rod a little bit, that it's no slight to my. I love what he's doing with the conspirators now, uh, Slash, but... Rod, man, Rod and, and and Slash, that was something special, you know. It's great that that Slash could be have something special with Scott Weiland and of course Axel, but it was yeah. it was just I don't know. I that that one record I can still listen to it now and it's fresh and I I would like to hear more. I would like to have you contribute to it, not just be a uh, um, I wouldn't say just be a touring member, but I wouldn't want I would want to yeah. hear what creatively you could have done since you are friends with these guys and. You know, because kind of yeah, cut short man. a little bit. He's kind of yeah. cut short. I, yeah, like I said, I, I think the record is sick. Also, man, I mean, um, I think it's 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 what they put together was was rad. I know they worked on it, you know, very hard, and and I mean, and there was a lot of other songs too that were sitting around or other things that we had worked on or that were kind of just you know a lot of jamming. Like I said, Slash likes to play and just jam, and they would record everything. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of other stuff, and, you know, I don't know who knows what's ever going to happen, but, uh, you know. Only so you God did knows. some recordings uh, as well? Yeah, yeah, no, because they would record, like, the the rehearsal room. It was, like, it was a recording studio as well downstairs at Slash's house, so everything was, like, set up to re record and rehearse, so they would just record everything. Like, if we jammed for, like, six hours, they would just record everything. Oh, that makes sense, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right, right on. And I will say, because uh, maybe, I don't know if Remco heard me kind of laugh uh, after a moment there. And I'm glad. this uh, You are officially really a part of this show, because you've used the... Uh, do you remember the, the TV show Pee -wee, uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse? I know that, that's yeah. totally out of left field. <laughs> totally out of left field. That's what I do. Uh, but they always had like a, a word of the day where everybody would scream. So I've, I've noticed something over doing these 100, now 26 episodes, 27 episodes that many guests use a, a certain word. Uh, when I interviewed uh, Brain, uh, this is something yeah. that, this is the, the, the word that he used. It's rad. He would say, It's rad. It's rad a lot. So, and also when I had Dave Kushner from Velvet Revolver on. It was so yeah. rad. It was so rad. And I first noticed it when, when Duff and Axel did that interview uh, after they reunited, that the one interview they did together on Mexican TV, whatever. It's pretty uh, radical. Radical. So I don't know. There's like a radical theme uh, in addition to the GNR theme of this podcast. So you used rad a lot. So I think that's pretty yeah. rad. So, it, so I, awesome. I, I, yeah, I, I guess it's may, maybe I don't know if it's a uh, if it were we're all tuned in together, all these guys that you mentioned, or if it's a California thing or what. Be. But uh, hey, well, whatever it is, it's it's pretty rad. I, 
and I'm just letting you know now, in addition to those uh, sound bites, you're going to be added to my, my wall of sound. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, brother. I love it. I he's can dig the, it, man. I he's, the first, it. he's the first member who actually was in a band called, well, spelled a little bit different, Rat. Yeah. Yeah, Rat yeah. and Rad. Yeah, Rad. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. Uh, thank you so much for t- taking the time to, to speak with me and Remco today. Uh, Remco, even before we got on, he's like, Kerry is so nice. He's such a great storyteller. Uh, and he, he, he was accurate. You were right, Remco. Just like, just super nice. Thank you guys, too, man. No, no worries, man. I'm glad we were able Thank to you. get it all scheduled and hook up. And, and it, it's, it's rad. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, but it was, it was literally the next word that was coming out of my mouth. Beautiful, beautiful. And you're always uh, welcome back. I mean, please uh, keep us updated on a new revenge on any future openings, Aces and Ales. And also, you, oh, yeah. can, you can be the next Remco. If you wanted to co-host an episode of this, let's just say we were going to interview uh, Dover together, and you want to add you know, radio DJ to your long list, your long resume, uh, the door is open there as well. I love it. I love it, brother. Yeah, you know what? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll definitely try to hammer Dover down tomorrow for you guys and, and connect you guys. Uh, like I said, I know he's pretty uh, elusive, but uh, I'll try to really hammer it home for you guys. That would be rap. <laughs> well, if it's meant cool. to be great and all I, all I do, all I can say is I appreciate your time and anything else would just cool. be, you know, extra. Cool, brother. So he was, I don't want to say he was nicer than I expected, but he was. I mean, I, I really didn't know what to expect. There's, oh, he was. Yeah. He's all over the place, but I feel like there's not a lot of information about him out there, and I don't know. He was just super cool, super nice, and I really appreciate you uh, being a part of it, Remco. Oh, you're welcome, and, and I re- I do remember him being all over the place as well, just as a person, because he was very energetic and all. Um, and he was during this uh, conversation as well. He was, uh, yeah, it was fun to hear um, uh, all those little parts of his uh, history with GNR or Slash or um, the other members. He, it's, and I love how he didn't even remember uh, Adler's appetite. So that that's beautiful. <laughs> and but the but yeah. you're, but you're right. I mean, you have to be a nice guy to be a part of so many bands because it's a relationship, and to, for people to want you to ask you, they, they they asked Kerry to be a part of the touring band of of Snake Pit, which is, I'm sure was a job a lot of people wanted, but they asked yeah. Kerry to be a part of it. And I appreciate his openness about the end and. I don't know. I don't know about you, but it kind of makes me think about it differently. Like, did it end as badly as it we think that it did, or did it just kind of fizzle out? And that's when the the arc of Velvet Revolver started to come in. So I don't know what your yeah, thoughts I th- are. I think he um, um, he said it well because uh, when you look at the, the periods uh, of time when it's when it all happened, it was two thousand and one. I think uh, Slash was, uh, of course, diagnosed with uh, well. He was pretty sick. He was pretty ill. Um, so that was not a, a great time for him. Is that when he as, got the pacemaker? As, Is that when he got the pacemaker? Yeah. At the time? Okay. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, I think even a couple of months later or a year later, 2002, he already started to jam a bit with uh, Duff and Matt. So that was the start of Velvet Revolver, of course. Um, I do believe that... This was just the next chapter for Slash, and it's the, the fact that it was a, a, a bad time for Slash. And um, yeah, it's also in his book. It's a bad period. Uh, had something to do with his maybe addictions and um, his illness. Hmm. So the the whole vibe around the ending of Snake Pit is yeah for the rest of the members apparently not that bad. So uh, and I also heard uh, Johnny Kriparik, um also say something similar i just never got a call anymore and i went on and, I, uh, and johnny as well played in uh, tons of bands after after that yeah i i just hope it just leaves some sort of you know he's obviously super busy i think they just announced uh today oh i haven't done this uh in a little bit news Sorry if that scared you. Uh, <laughs> they just announced uh, today as we're recording this, uh, which is uh, June 14th, a uh, Guadalajara date. I feel like they just find all these countries that I will never go to, which I think is fantastic that they're going to all these um, – all of the world. And they're not just doing you know, the typical 
North American tours or generic uh, European tours that they try to find, uh, you know, like Iceland. You know what I mean? They, 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 they're, yeah. they're, they're going to – they have fans all over the world who deserve to see them. So I'm glad. Yeah. So t- today they just announced Guadalajara and obviously uh, – well, Alter Bridge, I believe, also just announced a new record. But obviously – And a tour. And a tour. But the conspirators yeah. are not done, of course. So – when would be a time for him to rec- – I don't want to say reconcile if nothing bad happened. I don't want to assume. But I, as I told Kerry, I would love for him and Rod Jackson to work together again. There was just – and it's no slight to – you know, the first record was great. But yeah. maybe it's for me when I first was – when I was personally first introduced in my life to uh, Snake Pit yeah. was seeing uh, the Mean Bone video on MTV or VH1, whatever uh, – yeah. incarnation it was at the time and i fell in love with that song and then that album and then then i and then i went back and and heard that yeah. se- the first album second so maybe that's why i prefer the second record but i don't know mm-hmm. it, it leaves that, that that door open i uh, that, that maybe it didn't end as badly as we think oh i think that some of these guys will uh definitely end up jamming somewhere or doing a record or uh, something that uh, no doubt about it but um and actually, because uh, you first heard the second album, uh, I rem- remember very clearly to uh, to hear the, the first album, seeing them, uh, uh, seeing Eric Dover in the band. And that was something really different, a different vibe, a different real Slash album. But uh, with his, yeah, the way he sings is so different than Axel or even Rod Jackson, because uh, when the second um, rendition of uh, Snake Pit came around. I, it really had this LA street vibe, uh, in my opinion. I re- really do remember uh, uh, listening to that album, getting the promo, uh, uh, the estate, uh, the advanced promo, sorry, and, um, and and hearing it and 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 really getting back all the way back to the the. the yeah, the 80s, early 90s, because it really s- sounded so raw and all. And I, um, well, since I'm just talking, um, <laughs> a little a story of myself as sure. well. I um, Back in, let me see, two, 2000, it was 2001. I can't remember uh, right now, but um, they played in Amsterdam. And uh, they also played at a... a record uh, a radio show in uh, the, the day of the show uh, in Paradiso a great gig uh, but at uh, uh, the radio station I uh, yeah was a guest over there and uh, sat at uh, the, the desk and all and uh, they played uh, a few acoustic tracks and it was so yeah that was really really good and I have the, the, the audio of it I taped it and I taped it off the radio and um, but I also taped um, just being there, just uh, taping a, a conversation with uh, those guys, Gary, Rod, and Slash. And it was, uh, yeah, Slash signed my uh, acoustic guitar, and it was a real moment, a special moment at that time. But the thing that got me really interested in that group was the, the way they uh, managed to play these songs, um, just with two guitars and uh, Rod singing at, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was for them, I think, early in the morning. Uh, but they were really, really good uh, uh, altogether. You know, I appreciate you being part of another uh, fun episode of uh, Appetite for Distortion, Remco. Thank you. And I loved uh, you saying to the big Carrie Kelly, I hope you'll be uh, the next Remco. That's, that's a great compliment. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I'm sure you have you heard that very often in your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all okay. the time. Sure, I'm, I'm sure. Just kidding. <laughs> well, that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. Remco, uh, of course, thanks again. Uh, this, um, of course, will not be your, your last time co-hosting. Uh, if you you may know, sometimes Remco takes over our po- uh, our Facebook page when there's. Um, what was the last time when the conspirators were in town and you yeah. and you did some live video for us uh, when GNR was there? You took the video of Slither and that kind mm-hmm. of went viral because that was the first time that they we knew that they were practicing it or, or potentially going to play it. 
Um, so it, very cool. And that's something also that uh, Ray from the UK does for, for me as well. So in addition to whether it be Remco or Divya from India or whoever coming on to being a co-host, if, if we, we bond close enough and I can trust you with my Facebook page, <laughs> I, can let you contri- <laughs> I can, can let you contribute. And uh, th- we continue to have this podcast, a podcast grow together. So thank you for listening to another episode of Appetite for Distortion, whether you found us on the iHeartRadio app, Spreaker, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, uh, through alternativenation.net. However you find us, uh, it's appreciated. And, of course, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com, slash the AFD Show, or on Twitter, at the AFD Show. As far as the next episode of the AFD Show, when will you see it? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it. I don't know if as soon as the word. Thanks to the lame ass security, I'm going home. <laughs>